Welcome to another episode of the Heck Yeah Comics Podcast with your hosts, David and Nick. In this episode, our heroes kill or be killed, take on the Eradicator, cancel our powers, and delay some books to 2017. Stay tuned for all this and more. Hello, everybody. Hello to episode ninety nine. Nine of the Heck Yeah Comics Podcast. Heck yeah. That is a lot more hours than I want to think about. Bare minimum, 99 hours. (laughs) Bare minimum. Uh, But for the past 99 episodes, I have been David, and that has been Nick. Yes. I hope so anyway. (laughs) So do I. (laughs) Are you a ghost? No, Scooby. Or Shaggy? Yeah. Shaggy. One or the other. Yeah, 99 episodes, man. That's pretty crazy. It is. It is. 99 episodes with the same five listeners. Yep. Yep. You, me, and Dupree, and two others. Uh, whatever happened to Dupree? Uh, I think it didn't do so well at the box office, and we never got you, me, and Dupree, too. Did we, though? <laughs> Uh, I meant, like, I was setting you up for a bit that you and I had a friend named Dupree. Uh, but now, Uh-oh. I guess now I have you Googling you, me, and Dupree to find out how it did at the box office. So that's a personal win. <laughs> so there wasn't a sequel. Oh, my God. I mean, but- it's shocking. It had a $54 million budget. It looks uh-huh. like it made $130 million oh, wow. at the box office. That's, uh, that's pretty good, actually. The film received mostly negative reviews from critics. It has a 21% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Roger Ebert gave it two stars out of four. Mm. Um, who's Steely Dan? The film's title caused a minor stir, stir as the uncommon name Dupree is the same as the title character in the Steely Dan song, Cousin Dupree. Steely Dan. Yeah. Oh, Steely Dan. Yeah. Now it comes back to me. <laughs> really? I just had to say Steely Dan you remembered, but you read Steely Dan and had no idea? Who's Steely Dan again? Oh, my God. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, wait a sec. It was directed by the Russo brothers. I think I knew that. I did not. All right. Man, they have come a long way. All right. Man, if you just try to YouTube Steely Dan, you will not find, you know, like, quick recognizable songs, but a bunch of random bullshit. Which I have now declared too much work. So Steely Dan is a band. Cool. Right. Uh, man, I had something that I was like all prepared to talk to you about at the top of the show. Um, I didn't do it. It wasn't my fault. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh man, have you are you are you watching uh, Stranger Things? No, everyone's talking about Dude. it, but I it's I mean like it's on my radar. I'm pretty sure I even went as far as adding it to my Netflix list and oh. that's about as far as I've gone. So it's only 8 episodes. Uh which is actually like really nice cuz it's 
I feel like it, that's really easy for people to fit into their schedule instead of being like, I need to find another place for a 12 to 20 episode show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it goes by really quick and it's just, it was so well done. And I just finished it like half an hour ago and I am, I, I, I need a season two. Is step. that why you made me wait? Is that what that was all about? I was also working. Yeah. But partially I was watching the ending. When you watch it, you will understand why it's so good yes but i haven't finished jessica jones yet oh my you are the worst <laughs> yeah there's some pretty horrible atrocities going on in the world but i haven't finished jessica jones so i'm the worst of them all well actually speaking of pretty horrible atrocities that is a great segue into our first segment to the batmobile let's go where we talk about what came out this week. and <laughs> No, no, no. I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. Uh, because I'm going to talk about, for my book, Kill or Be Killed, number one, which is the latest from Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, mm-hmm. which is a team that I have expressed uh, much adoration for on this podcast in the past. Some sexual tension. Continue. Only a little bit. Uh, but, you know, like, I, I really enjoyed Fatal and, and The Fade Out, and I've been wanting to go back and read Criminal and the like. Um, <clears throat> oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, but this is uh, their newest effort, and unlike what I've read from them so far, this is not a noir book. Uh, so what this book is is about a man named Dylan, and it opens with him... Uh, performing a rather violent, I think he kills four people, so quadruple murder. Uh, does he kill this guy as well? He kills a lot of people in this opening couple of pages. And he kind of gets into this whole, uh, you know, why am I doing this? So it's, what's the whole point? And the reason that I was saying that, you know, why, you know, the whole, there's all this horrible things going on is because as he's killing people, He's listing off uh, all this stuff because the world is shit right now and we all know it. Just look at the news for five minutes and it's obvious. Big business controls your government. Assholes go on shooting rampages every other, like almost every day, he says as he's going on a shooting rampage. Uh, terrorists blow up airports and train stations. Cops kill innocent black kids and get away with it. Psychopaths run for president. Oh, and the Middle East is one nuke away from turning us all into dust. So they're not being super subtle here. And you think like, okay, this is a guy who's just like unhappy with the way things are so he goes on a shooting spree but then we get into the backstory that this guy dylan uh had tried to kill himself uh it was not his first attempt uh actually after his first attempt he got kicked out of school and so years later he was going to school and in there he fell in love with his best friend who was dating his roommate and they had a kind of weird sort of relationship uh, of like making out, but that, but like behind the guy, it was all, it's all very bizarre. And, uh, then he overhears her describing that she feels sorry for him. So he decides I'm going to kill myself. He fails in this attempt. And that night, as he's kind of recovering from the whole thing, he gets visited by this large shadowy demon and the, uh, frightening demon creature tells him that uh, because you didn't die 
you there there needs to be a death to replace your life like uh basically one death a month or else dylan himself is going to die he counts this off as a really crazy weird experience uh even though his arm is mysteriously broken and goes about his life but then about three weeks in he gets violently sick and the only thing that stops the violent illness is when he finally decides that yes i'm going to kill somebody oh he has to kill a bad person is what it is uh and what exactly does that mean well the demon's just like look out your window there's bad people out there uh so i didn't know a lot about this book going into it i don't think i did either yeah i knew ed brubaker sean phillips okay i'm on board it didn't seem like a noir uh book you know just like actually from like the from the whole presentation of it it seemed like they were doing something a little bit different uh, so I was very curious to see what this was, and it's not at all what I was expecting. Uh, you know, it seems like they're coming off with really heavy social commentary right at the beginning, and then they veer us off into, yeah, this guy is insane, but possibly in a like really bizarre way, or maybe there's actually a demon, or uh, maybe he's just super insane. So there's still a lot of mystery to this book a lot of uncertainty and what is real and what is not real mm -hmm. it's all very intriguing uh i am in on it and you know i, I want to know why like i want to know what the, the truth behind is this guy seeing demons is he just crazy uh it's as far as like first issues go this is definitely one that has grabbed my attention and uh it's it's given me enough of a hook to to keep things going it's also interesting because uh until fatal from what i understand ed brubaker and sean phillips didn't really do you know they didn't do paranormal stuff or like supernatural like it was all pretty grounded in reality even for, oh you said besides fatal besides fatal yeah fatal was kind of the departure for them um I apologize if people are hearing something. I'm slightly adjusting my mic. Uh, so now to have this be another book, uh, possibly steeped in that, is, is really, really cool and really interesting. Um, the design on the demon is really, really interesting. Uh, like, it's, it's really hard to explain. He doesn't have outlines uh instead he's just kind of got this whole fuzziness around his being um except for like these white eyes and this this like mouth that there's not like lips there's just teeth and it's kind of got this uh like this whole like jagged quality to it it's a very interesting design it's very evocative um it's sort of that like that thing that you might catch a glimpse of out of the corner of your eye. Uh, man, yeah, I didn't know what to expect from this book, uh, and I don't know what to expect going forward either. I assume that the next issue we're going to see the look at his first kill, uh, and then, you know, we don't know how long it's been since that first kill to the beginning of the book, uh, but he has no issue uh killing people and apparently he's good enough to get away with it really well uh and to find out who are the people who deserve it and what are 
Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips trying to say with this book. Uh, also on the, the front cover is uh, Elizabeth uh, Brightweiser. Brightweiser, uh, yeah. Brightweiser. I assume that's their colorist. Uh, yes. Working with. Yeah. Uh, who does a really great job in this book. Uh, so that's Kill or Be Killed, number one. Uh, I will probably be talking about it more on future episodes just because I'm so intrigued by what's going on. Uh, before we kind of transition to other stuff, I'm just going to quickly highlight a couple other things. Number one, Trees came out this month for the first time in eight months. And I had to try and remember what happened last time on Trees from eight months ago. Uh, but hey, that book's not dead. Uh, Moon Knight was super interesting. And if anybody has a lot of knowledge on Moon Knight, please write in to explain a lot of what happened to me. Because uh, Nick, I'm assuming you didn't read it. I read it. Oh, you did? Oh, I forgot to put that on the thing. Man, I read it. You jerk. Uh, no, I just thought it was really cool. All like the shifting, uh, like the shifting artists and the different parts of the weird dream experience. Mm -hmm. It was really cool. Uh, but yeah, I'm just I just kind of putting that out there. I want somebody who knows Moon Knight really well to help me understand because I feel like there's a lot of cool stuff that I missed. Anyway, Nick. Uh, where do you want do, you, do we want to talk about Superman or do you want to talk about Nightwing? What do you feel? Uh, what do you feel? What do you feel? <sighs> Why don't you talk about Nightwing? Sure, 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 for sure. Um, sorry, Nightwing uh, by Tim Seeley and Javier Fernandez. Um, it's the issue following the Rebirth issue, and in many ways, and that, now I should. And, um, so number one actually came out two weeks ago. I'm just now catching up. The second issue actually came out today, which kind of prompted me to read the first one. And then I realized I forgot to read the second one. So whatever. Um, uh, really, the first issue kind of carries a lot of the same threads as the – or a lot of the same story beats as the, the Rebirth issue where we're, it's kind of touching on uh, Dick's various like personal c connections. And this issue, you get some um, – you get some minor Damien interaction. You get some Bruce-Dick dynamic. That sounds weird. Um, and then you also get <laughs> Dick and Barbara. Okay. And um, uh, Tim Seeley, I mean, obviously, he did a phenomenal job with Tom King on the Grayson book. So if anyone knows Dick Grayson and how to make his personality just pop, it's Tim Seeley. So would you say that they do know Dick on, like, the ad campaign that ran? Uh, I would say they know Dick very well. <laughs> this is going to go into bad territories. Richard Grayson. Um, Richard Grayson. Yes. Um, so the the main thrust of this, at least initial arc, and probably for the first year of the book or so, is that, and you you should know this as a part of, as a result of Robin War, uh, Dick has been um, forced into servitude by the Parliament of Owls because they put a bomb inside of Damien. What? The Parliament of Owls doesn't know um, at this point is that Dick found a way to get the bomb out of Damien without alerting them. Mm -hmm. So he's now using that against them by still being in their servitude, but they don't actually have anything to hold over him so he can defect at any time. Ha -ha. But sort of carrying on sort of the fact that the Grayson book sort of opened him up to inter international espionage. Um, this is Dick Grayson going undercover again, but as the Nightwing um, or the gray son of Gotham, which I don't really know where that started, but whatever. Oh, Grayson, um, I get it. Yeah, Grayson, the gray son. Um, 
It's interesting. Wait, um, oh, hmm? real quick, what what would that do to Superman? What would what do the gray sun? Oh, the gray sun. Um, I don't know. Probably make him just kind of like tired. Like maybe get the munchies or something. I. It would make Superman high. Yeah. Well, maybe not like high, but maybe like a post high, like where he just like was really hungry. So like he's he's crashing. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the munchy crash. I wouldn't know any of this. <laughs> uh, um. Anyway, back to Nightwing. Um, so that's the main thrust of the story is he's kind of touching base with the people in his life before he kind of is ready to go deep undercover into, um, parliament of owl territory. Um, the parliament of owls isn't happy with him because I mean, Robin war is what the end of last year at this point. Well, that's mm-hmm. crazy. Yep. That Wow. It really was the end of last year. Dude, yep. time is flying way too fast. Uh, I know this year is crazy. Not about the fact that we are rapidly getting closer to death, but... um, Look, I'm just happy that there's less time between now and the release of The Last Guardian. Because that's all I've been living for for a long time. Man, what are you going to do? What if you get it and it actually isn't that good? Kill myself? Fair enough. We've all been there. No, that's not sensitive. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) I'm not... uh, You know, move on. Uh, barrel through. Uh, yeah, Nightwing. I read that book. Um, anyway, dialogue's good. Temps, it's poppy. It's fun. Like, there's obviously some serious stuff going going on, and he slows it down a bit and kind of lingers on the, you know, the 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 tough parts when he needs to. But ultimately, this is a book. He he's got a sense of like uh, Dick's personality as far as like how he's all about putting on a show. That was a big theme in the issue. Um, like he's you know he's kind of uniquely suited to be a superhero. Because of his upbringing and the flamboyancy is the right word, but the spectacle of it all. Um, The problem is is that he's not necessarily even being supposedly under the parliament's thumb. Uh, He's not doing what they want. He's supposed to be like killing and doing shit for them. And he's like, he's showing up and he's like telling dignitaries, like, by the way, the parliament's watching you. But he's not murdering anyone and, you know, kind of going crossing that line and so they're disappointed in him and like just remind you we have shit on you and he's like oh yeah so they want to p- pair him up with um a man named raptor uh and kind of how the issue ends is with raptor getting one over on dick like kind of laying him out uh and basically saying that everything batman has taught you is wrong and that's where the issue ends hmm. uh raptor's kind of cool looking he almost looks a little 290s ish um but uh, I'll be intrigued to see where his character goes and how that relates to Dick. So on one hand, I'm liking the book. On the other hand, this is probably the umpteenth story that either in a literal or in a metaphorical way is pitting Nightwing against the monolith that is Batman. Mm-hmm. I feel like every volume of Nightwing and, and Dick Grayson's story is putting him in is, is about how he gets out from the shadow of Batman. But apparently he never does because they keep redoing the story. You know, doesn't mean that it's not a, an interesting story to tell, and you can't tell it five different ways on Sunday. And it, I think a lot of people probably thought that it was about Dick Grayson trying to prove that he was better than Batman, because the story is actually called Better Than Batman. But <laughs> now I understand that it's based off what Raptor is saying that Batman didn't teach him right, and he's going to teach him. He's going. He's essentially going to make him better than Batman because Batman taught him wrong. Um, and also, like, in the, the interaction between Dick and, and Bruce in this issue was Bruce 
like Dick was seeking Bruce's advice on sort of how to handle the parliament thing. And he's like, listen, you know, you've been in the international espionage game. Like if anyone has an, is an authority in this room on how that works, it's going to be you. So why are you asking me questions? Basically, which I thought was a nice touch. So it's really not about Dick versus Bruce. It's really about Nightwing being put through a metaphorical grinder where I guess ideally he comes out even better than Batman. Hmm. Um, so in that regard, it's um, it's an interesting way to kind of push him forward. I mean, for me, from a personal standpoint, I, I didn't exactly know what he could turn into, but there was a part of me that felt that as iconic as Nightwing is for Dick Grayson, it feels like he's outlived it at this point. Yeah. You know, that so I, I feel like he should have gone on to become something else, but he's kind of regressed back to being Nightwing. I'm also not like I like the Nightwing costume. I don't necessarily know if I like the rebirth version of the costume. Like he's got like blue calves and then like the bird symbol's actually really thin. I think I kinda like the thicker bird symbol. Mm-hmm. Not blue calves. I don't know what they were before on his I think they were just like a blue line cutting across like his mid shin. Like the boot. Yeah, kind of like just like a boot look. Um, so that's basically all I have on it. Um, overall, a good book, and uh, I'll probably continue with it and see where it goes. I mean, being that I really enjoyed Grayson, and now we've got Tom King on Batman and Tim Sin on Nightwing, I feel like go you know however long their runs might continue, there's definitely going to be some overlap, and they're definitely collaborating on some level to make sure that the feeling of the universe syncs up. So yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm down, I'm down with the with the Nightwing. Yeah, yeah, and I, I've mentioned this on the show before. It's always disappointing with Dick Grayson because they find a way to move him forward, and then they end up just reverting him back to Nightwing because everybody loves him as Nightwing. And why, you know, why would you ultimately change that? Even though you had him as Batman for a while, and that changed him fundamentally. Mm-hmm. And then you had him as a secret agent, which I get like why, you know, they made that, like that changed him also fundamentally. And now just going back to being Nightwing, like you had a chance for him to like be something else under the Parliament of Owls, which uh, what's the next level? We, we have the Court of Owls, the Parliament of Owls. What well, we... apparently a group of owls is called a Parliament. Is it really? Yeah. in the same way you've got a murder of crows and they actually reference this in the book. Um, that's that's how I know. I didn't know that before. Name for a group of owls is a parliament or a stair. The stair of owls. The stair of owls. But I just mean like uh, when we when we like take this up to either like because you know this is the global owls, right? Yeah, this this is yeah global owls. So when we go intergalactic, is it going to be like the Senate of owls? The Senate. The the Galactic Senate Senate of Owls. Yes. But very cool, Nightwing. The and... Universal Covenant of Owls. <laughs> the Universal Covenant. It's just gonna be like some long drawn out name that It's gonna be a, a Nightwing Halo crossover. <laughs> You're just gonna see the Covenant aliens with owl masks on. Uh and they're gonna be warning against the Reapers that are coming. Yes. <laughs> now it's got Mass Effect in it. Uh yeah, that's that's where I was going. Thank you. Um Yeah, so Nightwing in stores now. Also yeah. in stores this week was Superman number four. And 
What'd you think? Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to see what you would do if uh, I just sat there in silence for a moment. Uh, so this is the continuing story of Jonathan Kent and, well, what are they, Jonathan White? Uh, they're, the, they're the, no, I think they're the Smiths now. Uh, they were Smith. the Whites. Maybe they're still the Whites. I don't know. So anyway, Clark Kent and his son, uh, his son, who is half human, half Kryptonian, was taken to the Fortress of Solitude after falling seemingly ill. And while trying to find answers for the cure there, the Eradicator is, who in this timeline exists within the, uh, Fortress of Solitude, and we find out is the keeper of Krypton, essentially. The keeper of, like, Krypton's genetic purity. Right. Yeah. And he's like, oh, hey, Superman, thanks for coming to the Fortress of Solitude. Your son's a half-breed, so I gotta kill him. Uh, at which point, Superman and uh, his son start laying the smackdown on the Eradicator. And Correction. He doesn't want to kill Jonathan. He wants to basically... Oh, right, right out the human yeah, side of him. Yeah, just make him full Kryptonian. Right. Uh, and as as that SmackDown's going down, they get transported uh, somehow to uh, Metropolis, which is very convenient. Uh, and the fight continues, and uh, I'm... They find a way to kind of put the Eradicator down for a minute. Oh, like the ghosts of Krypton essentially find a way to put the Eradicator down for a minute while allowing Superman to put the next part of his plan into action, which involves taking his wife and son to the moon. I'm enjoying this story. Uh, you know, I, I know things I said sound crazy because this was an issue of action and I don't want to get into the minutia of it and kind of go panel by panel. Uh, but it was a lot of, like, the fight of what's going on. Uh, and I'm still really, really enjoying this story quite a bit. Uh, this was a uh, Patrick Gleason issue uh, who I'm really disappointed we're not getting on this book every single week. Because uh, he just brings, I don't know, his style works a lot better with Superman than I expected it to. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's just some really, really, really cool panels. Uh, and like the Eradicator looks super creepy and menacing. And uh, I mean, I, I'm just going to kind of ramble here while I'm collecting my thoughts. Nick, why don't you tell us what you thought of this issue? I actually, and I, I read number three, number four back to back because I had to catch up. And maybe I they deserve me to kind of go back and, and revisit them. I don't know if I was just kind of reading them in a rush. I mean, I was reading them in between calls at work, but I mean, it wasn't so busy that I felt like I was like reading it in small chunks. Like I think I read the whole issue in one sitting. Um, I, I, I don't think disappointed is the right word. Definitely uh, Patrick Gleason's art. Well, I think the, the intense uh, schedule of the, the, the biweekly schedule means we're not getting like his art at like the, like the 11th, the, the, to, a, to the 11th power, whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. Whatever sounds cool to kids these days. Um, you know, there's definitely a, a feeling that it, not not unfinished, but just I, I we've seen him operate at an even higher level. Um, but for what we did get, like, it was still good. From a narrative standpoint, though, I felt like, I don't, I don't want to say that it was all over the place, it, but yeah. 
you know, and I realized it, it, on one hand it was an action-intensive issue, but just you describing it that way, I was kind of like, okay, Eradicator wants to, you know, to purify John. They fight, and then, but then they get teleported, and I don't know if you put this detail in, but like that, the, this guy, uh, I forget what his name is. He's running like a pub or a bar or whatever, and he ha- and he's like a huge Superman fan. He's probably an old Superman character that <laughs> that's just being repurposed. But he has a piece of uh, rock that has kryptonite inside of it, and that somehow causes uh, Lois, John, and Superman to teleport into his bar, and the Eradicator is not far behind. Yeah, and that, then when that... they defeat the Eradicator, the ghosts of Krypton come out, um, and then like, and then they land in the water, and they hap- just happens to find like this this sub thing that will hold uh, Lois and John, so he can take them to the moon. Like, on one hand, it's got all these crazy comic book books i book ideas but it never spent enough time on any of them for me to kind of breathe and go okay what you know what i mean like right. they it, could have told just enough stories about the erratic about him trying to stop the eradicator but then suddenly the eradicator is holding all the souls of dead kryptonians and uh, apparently at least in this issue uh, the first they're vengeful like they're taking over people and attacking Superman, but then like a few of them decide to help him, and they slow Eradicator down. Maybe they'll play a, b- a bigger role going forward. I almost thought, are they going to like rebirth the Kryptonian souls or something? Like maybe they'll bring back um, um, Superman's biological parents. Uh, I'm obviously at this point I'm speculating, but it just felt like there was a lot going on in the issue, and it didn't really all sync up for me. I was I was kind of like. What's what's going on here? What's like? I get the, the the underlying point of the story is basically accepting John for who he is, and and you know, I guess that's that's basically it. But it just was throwing a whole lot of extra stuff that I think are interesting ideas in of themselves, but maybe didn't need to all be crammed into this this twenty page chapter. Yeah, there there definitely is a lot going on, and while I'm saying I'm still enjoying this story overall, I recognize everything you're saying, and there is a. a good number of valid criticisms in there. I think there's enough like goodwill built up for me in this that I'm thinking and hoping that, okay, this is stuff that's going to be part of the larger story and we'll kind of parse it out at a later date. Uh, whether or not that's true still remains to be seen. I guess it's me just saying that like, there's enough goodwill built here that I'm, I'm like, okay, this is a little confusing, but I'm going to just go along with it. And when things kind of calm down, that's when we'll get a little bit more of, of, Hey, here's, here's what's actually going on. Uh, yeah. I, and, and as a creative team, like I was big, big fans of what they were doing on Batman and Robin and what they did on Green Lantern Corps before that. So I'm on the same boat as far as this team having a lot of goodwill built up for me. And maybe it's just a storyline. Maybe, it's the accelerated schedule or whatever and the way that they're pacing it. Maybe I'm just ready for the next story, even though the Eradicator only showed up in the previous issue. Um, yeah, but definitely... Uh, he showed up two issues ago. I thought he... I, no, I guess he showed up at the, at the very end, end of issue yeah, two. Yeah, the, the issue two, yeah. Reveals himself in issue three, and then they fight him. Well, I guess they fight him through most of issue three. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I was... Dis- I guess I'm just going to say I was disappointed. I thought that it could have been better... Um, but, uh, I'm still curious about how it's all going to wrap up. Just like a, a lot of coincidence. Not, I guess the, the one big coincidence was like, he just happened to find some sort of moon ready sub thing that he could put them in. Eh, I'm over that. 
with how often crap like that happens in like a Batman book, I'm over it. Well, yeah, and I mean, it, it's not like this is some sort of highbrow writing. And also, these books are even more so than a monthly book, but a monthly book still. Um, you know, they're being written at accelerated rate. You can't. Oh, sometimes you, you kind of have to go through the for the quick shortcut. Um, I remember one time I was reading uh, a How to Write Comics books by Peter David, and I'm paraphrasing here, and hopefully I'm not quoting him wrong. Um, but basically, he made an allusion to the fact that like sometimes you're going to set up things like sometimes your story just needs to do something, and it might not make a lot of sense, but it can get you from A to B. And sometimes if you like comment on it in that way, like within the story, that it maybe doesn't make sense, like you kind of call it out, it kind of. I don't know if justifies is the right word, but it, it kind of eases, it kind of helps you swallow the pill a little bit more. Like, oh, okay, well, even the story acknowledges that, you know, that shouldn't happen. Right, right, yeah. It says to the audience, like, look, we understand that this doesn't make a ton of sense, but it worked. Yeah. It, it or, like, happened. even it's like, we get this as a coincidence, but we needed this coincidence to get the story moving. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, well, we will we will see uh, in a couple of weeks when the next Superman book comes out, and possibly share our thoughts on it here. I did not realize they were already doing a crossover event, uh, the Night of the Monster Men, uh, which they've been setting up in Tom King's Batman. They have. I didn't realize that was leading into a uh, a crossover. But so. this storyline is actually being, and I don't know how much like Tom King, Tim Seeley, and I got why I'm uh, uh, no. James Tinian, Tinian, yeah. um, how much actual writing they're doing for this event because it's all every issue is being co written by Steve Orlando, who I really like as a writer, so I'm fine with that. So, Midnighter's coming back. Uh, I don't know if Midnighter's going to, I, I almost doubt that Midnighter will probably appear in the book just because it's Steve Orlando, though he is doing an Apollo and Midnighter's miniseries, oh, so yeah. I mean, maybe that's where he's scratching that itch. I was just saying because it was Steve Orlando and I got hopeful. Yeah, no, I don't blame uh, you for that. Um, so, yeah. Oh, um, the art for Ish Superman number five in a couple of weeks will be by Doug Mack and Jamie Mendoza, or maybe it's Jaime Mendoza. Um, though maybe uh, Jaime is the inker or something, and they just listed Doug Mack second. We I'm only checking because, just... I mean, if if we don't get Patrick Gleason, then I'd be happy to get Doug Mann because they have very similar styles mm -hmm. and they're both really good. Uh, inker, finisher, artist, cover. Yeah, so, so yeah, it's, the next issue is going to be drawn by Doug Mann. So that's that's pretty cool. good. Cool, cool. Um, into that, well, that is just a couple of the comics that came out this week, but uh, there was a lot more, and this is a week where I picked up six or seven books and read every single one. But unfortunately, we just don't have the time to get into them. So as we leave that section, we move on now to the news. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. I really need a better segue clip. Maybe for episode 100. Who are we getting? <laughs> uh, but <laughs> news. Um, news. In somber, I suppose, <sighs> news. No, nah, nah, um, this is not somber. The uh, Powers TV show that was, can you really call it a TV show? I mean, it can be watched on TVs, but it can be watched on other things. So the Powers streaming show uh, that was being streamed on exclusively on the PlayStation Network, 
for those that are PlayStation Plus subscribers mm-hmm. uh, has been canceled after season two. There, are, I mean, I've read uh, just about every time I've ch- read, like, gone on a site to read an article about the cancellation. I've read some of the comments, and there are people that enjoyed the show for what it was. Right, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't doubt that. Everything has a fan base out there. It wouldn't have gotten a season two if it didn't have a fan base. Uh, that you know, enough people watched the first season to get a season two, but mm-hmm. apparently they couldn't retain everybody. They also. It just didn't feel like as big of a deal that a season two happened. Uh, like when season one was going on, there was it was just kind of everywhere on you know the PlayStation when you like logged in and stuff. It was just all over the place. And when season two came out, I had more of a oh season two came out moment. Uh, yeah, yeah. There were, I mean I remember seeing some advertising for it on on my PlayStation. Um, I mean. Part of it is the right. The writing was on the wall, even independent of the show. And maybe, maybe it was because of the show. Maybe it was uh, Sony's grand experiment, and they just they either. I mean, they clearly should have thrown a bigger budget at it. Um, first and foremost, like the show did, I guess what it could with whatever budget it had. I don't know the exact number, so I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. But from from like clips that I saw and the episodes that I watched, I just like. You know, it just wasn't. It was. It was just really shoddy stuff. And I, a lot of respect for the people out there work in the business and work with what they've got. Um, as far as like the first season went, and I mean going into the second season, like I thought Christian Walker was miscast, and I love Charlotte Copley, oh, but ab- he just wasn't ab- right for the role. The ab- role. Absolutely, I, I agree with that one hundred percent. And and I think you've read more powers than I have, and I know they altered like some backstories that probably just didn't need altering and so much of it was just different from the beginning it felt so much thinking back on those first couple episodes like stuff had a very 90s feel to it uh but they tried to make everything so grim and gritty and the the storyline a lot of the stuff behind it did have a lot of grit to it uh but christian walker was always kind of this this you know he was he was the true blue above it all and that character wasn't in the show that the character in the show was a guy who was in the the grim and grit and it didn't it, it, it didn't it didn't work the show had a lot of flaws uh, i didn't watch too much of it because i didn't have a ton of interest in what was going on uh i was disappointed with how things were represented the budget was low. It, I just think the writing was on the wall for for this. I think for PlayStation, I get why they went with a superhero TV show. As, There's an audience mix, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and you know you want something exciting and that has potential for a lot of action, um, but it they couldn't provide a big enough budget for it, and there was missteps along the way. I, and I think that there's a good Powers TV show out there somewhere in the ethers. Like, I think, and maybe it's something that will get explored uh, probably way down the line at this point. Um, but, it, I mean, the writing is also on the wall, which seems to be the catch term for this uh, se- this segment. But, uh, I mean, place, Sony also didn't release any other, like, they didn't, I mean, I don't think Powers, even from the first season, was lighting subscriptions on on fire or anything. But I mean, they, they just it just you get the feeling 
that from a, a, a macro standpoint, they really didn't back it. They didn't put any other exclusive program. They didn't make any other original PlayStation programming for mm-hmm. the streaming service. Mm-hmm. It was literally just Powers, and Powers just wasn't doing it. Uh, so, I mean, the fact that even going into Season 2, they didn't even prep Season 1 as something else to accompany it. It was just, I think, Sony was just like, you know what, uh, clearly, like, the the uh, original uh, programming uh business is just not for us so it may have been that and at least from interviews and stuff i read with bendis who is very supportive of of the show obviously it it Uh was his show in many ways um you know said that like the studio was very supportive but i I think it was as much that even if they were supportive of the idea of a season three from their sort of like from their business standpoint they were just simply moving in another direction yeah yeah and you and i are obviously were not commentators on cord cutting and streaming services and stuff like that so we can't speak too highly uh, we can't speak too much to that um i know playstation view has had a popularity there uh, i don't understand why powers wasn't part of that or uh, well playstation view is kind of like sling tv it's, right yeah it's just a bunch of already existing cable channels that you can get for a digital price there's ways to make that work though anyway Powers uh, has been canceled, season two being the last of it. In brighter TV news, though, uh, today on Twitter, Mark Guggenheim, <clears throat> Mark Guggenheim revealed for Legends of Tomorrow a Justice Society of America logo. Which is pretty spectacular that we're actually getting the Justice Society before the Justice, Justice League. League. Yep. Um, which I suppose is how it should be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, on one level, I love the CW shows. I love that they kind of go all in. Um, they, they're, they're, they're able to flex the budget for a TV show as well as they can. And with Legends of Tomorrow, I mean, I, I still need to go back and finish the whole season. I liked what I was watching to some respect, but also I would say that the, biggest issue with the CW shows is that you know when they're really good they're good but when they're when they're bad like they are really bad like the writing and sometimes so, it's like so individual I, hmm? I want to get this right when something is good it's good but when something's bad it's bad yeah I'm apparently not good at commentary <laughs> at all so I mean clearly don't listen to my opinion but if you're still listening to the show I'm going to continue um what I I used to be more specific. I'm thinking of that How I Met Your Mother quote where it's like, it's neat. Is it more neat, neat, or neato supremo? Am I um, a bad dad? Um, what am I trying to say? What am I trying to say? The writing sometimes can just feel like very uninspired. Like they, they could have taken it in like a much more exciting direction, but kind of went with something that's familiar or, or cliche. Um, like that sometimes they're not daring enough. Um, sometimes they trip you up with like the comic book related plots, you know, like flash has been really good with that, but even flash through the end of season two, besides the, the ending, you know, it kind of got to a point where it was, I'm falling apart. I can't, my argument's not holding up. My my point is is that it seems that you're like, what you're trying to do is you're trying to shit on the CWs 
uh, no, because obviously I've invested a lot of time into those shows. I love them despite their flaws. Is more right. or less what I'm trying to say. Okay, okay. And I wish they had less flaws. So I'm excited well, on yeah, some we, level. We all wish the... we all wish the things we loved had less flaws. Yeah, I, I know I'm kind of talking out of my ass here, but uh, I'm excited for the Justice Society. I hope they do it <laughs> justice. Um, <laughs> well, we apparently will be seeing Jay Garrick, Power Girl, and the original Sandman, and possibly some other characters uh, who are classic Justice Society members. Well, um, I know Our Man appeared at the end of the first season. I'm still behind. On, oh, so yeah, am Our, I. I just know that. Right, Our Man, I see that uh, on here. But yeah, I am still behind on that, and hopefully... Uh, I'm disappointed that their new contract with Netflix that allows them to start streaming shows eight days after the season finale uh, is not happening until next year because I would be caught up by now if I had easy access to it. But well, you're not that far behind, right? So probably like they usually debut like a week before the season starts, so you could spend a weekend catching up. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm sure I'll have time, and I would I would like to be caught up on it. So I'll just have to kick my butt into gear, though I'm moving pretty slowly through season three of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which has been on uh, Netflix for a few weeks now. That was the most recent season, right? Yep. Uh, but that's that's because there's so much other good stuff to watch, guys. So much other good stuff. Anyway, what else is happening? Ah, uh, let's see, let's see. Why can't I see the names of this article? Ah, uh, Justice League Action will have over 150 characters. Justice League Action, for those that don't know, is the upcoming animated series on Cartoon Network. Um, I suppose the spiritual successor to Justice League Unlimited, and that it won't just be about like the the, the main Justice League cast. It will feature... The, a wide uh, breadth of DC characters all interacting to save the world and or destroy it. Um, so that's cool. Uh -huh. uh, um, yeah, there was also, we didn't talk about this because there was so many other trailers to discuss, but uh, there was a, a trailer or just at least a showing of some footage of DC uh, of uh, Justice League action that came out of Comic-Con, and I liked what I saw. Mm -hmm. uh, it did, I mean, I think Justice League Action is kind of a bizarre name, but it does live up to it, where it seems like there's going to be, uh, it's going to be an exciting show, and uh, I mean... And they're short episodes too, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're 11 minutes, which I'm not super jazzed about, but hopefully they'll be able to, you know, they know they can tell good stories in that, and that they'll have probably a, a number of two-parters, which just make up each episode, you know, 30 minutes. Uh, but they have said that there will be 152 characters appearing in season one. About 60 of those are superheroes, 40 of those are villain, and the rest are supporting cast, quote, sub-villains and all that. Uh, but we will have at least one of the DC Comics trinity, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, that will feature in each episode. But the overall cast is considerably larger so we could have episodes where it's just Wonder Woman and a couple pals running around, one where it's a Superman, one where, you know, they're all there. Uh, I mean, I don't know how or when I'm going to watch this show, but uh, I definitely want to see it. Respect. And other news, other stuff going on is that 
Super Sons and Justice Society of America. Justice League. Is it Justice League? Why did I? Yeah, put, they I haven't put, actually formally announced the Justice Society book. Well, yet. that's my bad then. Justice League of America uh, have been delayed until 2017, according to Dan DeDio. One of the things that's strange if you're planning number ones through September and possibly into October, but the relaunch was so strong at the beginning that we actually delayed some of our later books into next year to give them more time to spend, to build them creatively, but we also, also we didn't want to feel the urgency. We wanted to make sure we didn't overwhelm the fan base right from the start with so many titles that we decided to delay some of the material. So we made slight adjustments to our schedule. So books like Justice League America and Super Sons that we announced for later this year are moving into 2017. So possibly more books than just these two have been delayed. But that's all we know for right now are those two. I'm, I'm assuming that, not that it's being said, but because I'm sure it's only a matter of time before we get a new Justice Society of America book set within the New 52 slash Prime DC Earth, um, that that's that's definitely something that's on the docket and probably was meant to come out at the end of the year and now later. Uh, I know a lot of people talk about that Legion of Superheroes is supposed to come back um, in what sh shape or form. If it's the like original timeline or what, I don't know. Um, but that's probably something that we'll see on the docket for, for next year. So, I mean... That's obviously the lip service they're paying to, you know, the the marketing. And not that I want to be pessimistic. Like, it, I mean, I'd rather they, if they're delaying the book because they want to get the creative teams right and make sure that they've got enough work in the can and just have them be the best they can. I can't fault them for that. It's not like I'm <laughs> having a drought of material to spend my time on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when they come out, I'll definitely check out the previews, see what I think, and read them. Yeah, yeah. I'm disappointed because I have to wait longer to get my Damian Wayne fix, uh, who is not... I mean, I know he appeared in Nightwing, but he has not yet appeared in anything that I have read. Uh, he will be in Teen Titans, which isn't out <sighs> yet, but he will be in that. I forgot. I have to slog through that. I only say slog because it seems like whoever's writing it does not understand Damian Wayne, and I will read it so I can complain about it like a good <laughs> nerd. Uh, such a fanboy. It's such a fanboy. <laughs> Damian Wayne Desu. Uh, anyway, what was I going to say about this? Did you just say Damian Wayne Desu? I don't need you in my life, bro. Um, but yeah, I did. <laughs> Is that like a Kotaku thing or something? Dude, I don't, I don't, I'm using it wrong. That's all I know. Desu. I gotta look this up. <sighs> okay. Anyway, let me share some thoughts here. Jeez. Uh, but I, I definitely agree that it's it's nice because there are parts of rebirth that people have probably complained about feeling a little bit rushed uh for them to say okay you know rebirth is doing really well but hey look it's obviously a stress on the teams so while we have all this great material that's currently coming out and people are really enjoying let's just kind of give a little bit more breathing room and push some stuff back to make sure the teams get everything they need to far enough in advance. <laughs> well, okay, keep that going, was that. Keep going. Uh, okay. So you just totally threw off my train of thought. Uh, uh, you want them to, so that they get the books done well in advance so that they um, maintain their level of quality. Yeah, yeah. And 
And I, and I like hearing that they don't want to overwhelm the fans because I felt like New 52, it was difficult to keep on top of stuff. I feel like Marvel, whenever they do a relaunch, they're like, here's a whole bunch of titles all hitting at the like, exact same time. And that feels hard to keep on top of. So to kind of be like, hey, guys, it's coming. Just enjoy this. Relax. You want a cookie? Here's a cookie. I'm like, thanks, DC. I did want this cookie. I could go for some cookies right now. Cookies are delicious. I have cheesecake in the fridge. That's not a cookie. But it was, do you know what would be good though? Cheesecake cookies. So yeah, you were using it wrong. I know. I know. I just made a vague. It is Japanese for it is. And apparently she's at the end of sentences and um, it still doesn't seem to make any sense. Yeah. I knew that it was used at end of sentences, which is partially why I use it at the end of that. Uh, <laughs> I also probably could have just called him like Damian Wayne Senpai, and that would have been a lot funnier. Isn't Either senpai way, when you're like Senpai is like the, the like mentor, right? Senior, like someone like in uh, if it was like a school setting, it's someone who's like in the grade or so above you. Yeah, but that wouldn't be Damian because he's like a I decade know. and a half younger than you. I know. We also use Senpai all the time in our D and D campaign when there's like a monster that. Like, oh, he's so cool. Notice me, you know, beholder Simpa. It's really funny at the table. Uh, Aaron Cooter has signed an exclusive contract with Marvel. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Cooter is, um, he's an artist I really enjoy. And he kind of like disappeared for a second, probably because he's been secretly working for Marvel. Um, if you're not familiar with him, uh, he was most recently found on Action Comics with Greg Pak. Uh, and he's, he did some pretty stellar work there. And for Marvel, his first book out of the gate will be um, Death of X, which leads into... I Actually, no, Inhumans vs. X-Men, I believe, is drawn by Lionel Francis Yu. So anyway, yeah, his first book out of the gate will be Death of X, um, detailing what happened in the eight-month gap between Secret Wars and the beginning of Marvel, all-new, all-different Marvel. Um so cool cool with that uh great talent uh marvel's lucky to have him he has did a little bit of work from our prior to going over to dc where he has been for the last few years so all the best to him i hope it works out well i'm excited to see him you know now that he's considered like he's he's definitely getting up there to be a triple a talent uh at least in the eyes of popularity and, and all that so i'm excited to see what kind of books marvel might put him on post death of x very cool very cool. Uh, Aaron Cooter, hope you're doing some great work out there. Your name is hilarious. Uh, that is about going to do it here for the show. I see that you did mention uh, Suicide Squad is getting largely negative reviews. Uh, are you going to see the, sh the movie over the weekend? I, I will be Saturday uh, morning, yes. Oh, yeah, you, yeah. I'll be seeing it this weekend as well. So that's something I say we address next week when uh, when we get you know our our opinions as well to discuss the show the show the movie uh nick do you have anything else you want to talk about before we do our recommendations nope well then we have to ask ourselves the most important question that we ask every single week you boys aren't nerds are you oh we definitely are we definitely are nerds and with that we will recommend some stuff so, Nick, I will allow you time to figure out what you're going to recommend by going first. Sure, now, thanks. <laughs> no problem. Now, I said last week that I don't like recommending things that aren't comics, 
So I'm definitely not going to recommend Stranger Things. So I'm not going to say that you should go onto Netflix and watch Stranger Things, people. I'm not going to talk about how great it is and amazing and your chair's really loud. Sorry. It got me all, like, emotional. Not your chair, Stranger Things. Uh, But I'm not talking about Stranger Things. I'm talking about my recommendation. Uh, This... That wouldn't be Stranger Things. It would not be Stranger Things. However, I do think Stranger Things is worth watching. Is that a recommendation? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not. I'm not a lawyer. Uh, what I am going to recommend is it's been on DVD for a little while now, but I just watched it again the other night. So I'm going to recommend uh, Deadpool, the 2016 movie uh, that came out in February of this year. It is still really funny. Uh, I mean, obviously, hopefully, that if it was funny before, it's still funny now. I do recommend, though, get together with some friends to watch it because there was something kind of lost in the non-communal experience of watching it uh, where I think I enjoyed it more when I was laughing with other people. But it uh, is still hilarious. It's still Ryan Reynolds being all Wade Wilson-y. And it's uh, it's got everything you enjoyed and then some. So Deadpool, the movie, the DVD. Nick, what are you recommending? Very good. So I also don't like recommending things that aren't comic books or comic book related. But if someone was to stop me on the street and, and ask me to recommend something to them on the spot, I would recommend them... I got nothing. <laughs> I was thinking I was about to go on to a diatribe about Final Fantasy 4. Because uh, apparently all I've thought about in the last couple of weeks is Final Fantasy. Yeah, I'm surprised that you were able to read comics today for the show. I thought it was over. I, you know, I, I'm surprised too. But I actually put off playing Final Fantasy 4 and read comics for is that, the show. Is that why you read Superman 3 and 4 so quickly? You're like, I have to get back to Final Fantasy I didn't get back to Final Fantasy until later at night. There was a pretty wide berth between finishing my comic reading and and playing Final Fantasy IV. For those oh, for those that don't know, because I think last week I was talking about Final Fantasy X, I did beat that game. It only took oh, me 17 for, years. Thank you for the update. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty good, pretty good. I am attempting to play Final Fantasy X too. I'm not going to recommend it, though I won't say it's as bad as people make it out to be. At the same time, I can respect some of the criticism that's lobbed against it. Um, but I'm playing Final Fantasy IV, and that is one depressing story. It is yeah. just one depressing let's thing just, out of the other. Everything People just are dying left and right. Let's um, talk about how much of a bitch Kane is. Yeah, Kane, Kane's kind of a dick. Um, I think what I like about the game... I'm just going for it now. <laughs> is um, uh, a lot of the gameplay is tied around the story. So as the story progresses, you gain and lose characters. Um, you know, like Sissel. Spoiler: Sissel starts out as the Dark Knight, but then he becomes a Paladin. Like you know, it's not just like oh, I'm going to equip this and that's how it's going to be. Like sometimes the sto- like there's choices you get to make, but then for a Final Fantasy game, like a lot of times it feels like you just you get eventually you assemble all your characters through the story and then that's it they're just with you until the very end with this one i mean people are coming and going uh, everyone's suffering um and it's not it's just it's a very interesting world mm-hmm. interestingly enough that the whole crux of this story is about the bad guys uh, uh 
a aggressive kingdom taking crystals. And I'm pretty sure that's actually the plot of Final Fantasy 15, another uh, game that I'm excited for. This is four is the one with Kefka, right? No, that's six. Oh, he's the which best. I think was originally released as three. He's the best villain in in all of Final Fantasy. Dumb. I don't know if I. I mean, I think I played six slash. I gotta look up where Kefka came from, but I mean, I guess because I never really went through that once, I've always been partial to Sephiroth. Um, but I know a lot of people like Kefka. The reason I like Kefka so much is because he's like he's a human, where so many of the other yeah Final Fantasy six. Um, so many of like the other villains are supernatural creatures in some way, but like Kefka becomes a god by his own will and determination, and he's frightening. Uh, anyway, thank you for being on Final Fantasy Talk here on the Heck Yeah Final Fantasy Podcast. <laughs> I think that's going to do it for us, though. Uh, please, folks, uh, we're coming up on episode 100, and we don't really ask you for a lot. Uh, but I do ask that you would go onto iTunes and you would rate us. Uh, if we get rated, that's going to help more people discover the show, and and share, you know, what we're doing here with other people, and be able to do more stuff. Uh, if if we're getting, you know, if we just know that other people are listening and we can extend our reach, that would be super great. We would love to do that. Uh, have more people who partake in the heck yeah comics world. Experience. Yeah, experience is better. Go with that. Uh, and also for episode 100, we would love to hear from you some of your thoughts on the past 100 episodes on the show in general or what you're reading. You can send those to heckyeahcomics at gmail.com. You can find that information as well at our website, heckyeahcomics.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter and hit us up there at heckyeahcomics. You can find me on Twitter and Snapchat and Instagram at DavLuz, that is D-A-V-L-U-Z, and you can find Nick. Still uh, trying to put that Tumblr together. Still trying to put that Tumblr together. If you enjoyed the show, then please tell your friends, and if you hated it, then please tell your enemies. On till next time. Bye. Ever.